What's up, folks? It's Matt Whitmore here. This is episode number 45 of Fitter Food Radio. Um, whilst Hamish is snoozing on the bed, of course, Keris is next to me. <laughs> You're not snoozing. You awake? You with it? I realise we should say good morning, good afternoon and good evening when we launch a podcast because anyone could be listening at any time. Guys, sorry for we had a little bit of a gap. We had a week off last week from podcasting. Um, just things were pretty full on last week and we just thought, well, let's not be too unrealistic here so we had a, a week's break um so apologies there but we are back and we've got some awesome things to cover um but should we tell them why we've been so busy Keris? if you're interested i don't remember why we've been so busy what have we been doing <laughs> Shh, we don't be doing anything <laughs> guys we um we've actually just put the finishing touches to our level three fat loss kickstarter plan haven't we yes yeah, that's um, what we've been doing. Because we, you know, been running our fat loss Kickstarter plans for for some time now, and they've kind of grown in popularity over the the years. I mean, because it has been a couple of years or so now, hasn't it? Yeah, about two years now. I've been yeah, running. I think so. And um, what we've kind of done, based on the feedback, I guess, from everybody that's kind of done our plans in the past, is instead of just doing the one twenty eight day fat loss Kickstarter pl- and trying to cram in too much information. We've, we've split it into f- three levels, haven't we? Obviously, level one, level two, level three. And the idea is you obviously progress through each program <clears throat> rather than just jump into whichever one you feel that you, you want to do. We're kind of getting everyone to go through each stage. And But this is the first time we've actually done a level a level two and a level three, isn't it? Yeah, well, it was very much driven by the members of our um, January Detox, so hats off to them, who were an amazing group to work with. Yeah. yeah. I suppose it is that time of year you are feeling quite motivated, but they already knew quite a bit about our principles and, and the foods that we suggest. We, we gave them new recipes, which was always quite exciting, and everyone always loves new recipes and new ideas. Um, but there was this thirst for knowledge, so we thought, um, we actually put it to them, should we go for a level two? And they were all up for it, and then same thing, should we go for a level three? Yeah. And uh, the way that we've now laid it out is uh, level one is just all about elimination diet. It's a quite, you know, not as strict as we um, necessarily people think, but it's, an, you know, eliminating a lot of processed foods and focusing on lifestyle changes, so sleep, stress management, doing some mindfulness, um, lots of emphasis on the cooking and, and getting quick with that because that's that's a deal breaker really, isn't We're it? We're just getting you, savvy in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people overthink it and, and think they've got to be creating these wonderful, like, complex dishes. And me and you don't eat like that in the week. We're very much like, you know, sweet, quick, <laughs> sweet potato yeah. jacket, tin of fish. You know, when we're really busy, we're really we're good at, like, yeah. I know what can make in 10 minutes. So, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. And that alone can be a big, big change for a lot of people. And yeah. for some people, they, they often just keep doing that that loop of, I'll just repeat that month over and over again. Some have said that they're going back to the beginning and are just going to repeat that again because they haven't quite mastered it as a habit, as a, as a lifestyle routine. Yeah. Um, but others wanted to know more about calories and should they be high fat? Should they bring their carbs up? Because we talk about this on the webinars and it is very individual. So we thought in level two, we could start to talk about, look at your body shape, look at your you know, your genes, look at your, um, your training, your performance, how is your body responding? How's your Mm. energy responding? And actually for some people, are you better going right, you know, sort of ramping up the carbs? Um, so loads more sweet potato for you and uh, maybe some, um, you know, quinoa porridge and things like that. Breakfast. Yep. Rice, definitely. And then, and perhaps a high fat thing isn't working for you because, um, We've even mentioned this in in blogs online. Some people genetically aren't great with saturated fats and it will cause weight gain. So we we get people to start sort of thinking outside the box of, you know, oh, it's just unprocessed foods and that's fine. Um, Just making it, you know, a little bit more detailed. And and some people just want to know that because they feel empowered by it. And some people genuinely need that because they they actually aren't getting results. So it's really helpful. But that's the difference, isn't it? I mean, because like Harry said, level one is kind of all about just laying a nice solid foundation. Um, we don't talk about counting calories. We don't talk about macros. We just simply get people to replace calorie dense foods for nutrient dense foods, listening to their body a little bit and, you know, not stuffing their faces and only eat until they're about 80% full. But like Harry said, you know, that extra time in the kitchen, the meal prep, you know, especially for some, if it's the first time they've done our plans or this is quite new to them, it can be a lot to take on in one go. So if we if we then start telling them they need to track their macros and count calories and do all of this extra stuff, it can actually become quite stressful for them. So hence the reason why we dedicated level one to, like Harry said, eliminate, get the principles right, get savvy in the kitchen, try and get to bed a little bit earlier. And that alone is is, is is a huge change for people and people see fantastic results, don't they? 
Yeah, absolutely. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then level three, we, we sort of decided how do people see this as a long term, you know, sort of approach to nutrition and, yeah. and training. And, and so level three, what we decided to do was um, actually t- coach people through a reintroduction diet. So um, some of the foods which are previously eliminated, we we'd say, let's bring them back in because there's some nutritional benefit to them. Yeah. Um, and a big one is dairy. But rather than just what a lot of people do is come off a plan and whack a pizza down them. And then, yeah. Let's and see what more dairy yeah, and yeah, gluten yeah, and exactly. sugar. And... Um, which will just make you maybe possibly feel horrendous, but then you don't really know what it was because yeah. you might have polished some ice cream off after that if you're anything like Matt. So it's really hard to know, was it, you know, was it the yeast, was it the gluten, was it the dairy? So what we try and get people to do is look at, um, I suppose, look at identify foods that you um, really want to have back in, in your nutrition. And dairy is a good one because, one, it's it's so readily available. It's so nutritious if we if you can get good quality dairy. Yeah. There's some amazing nutrients in there. And we're going to cover tooth decay today. So um, I'll just be chatting more about how dairy can really help with that. Keris has been, she's reading this book called Cure Tooth Decay. (laughs) And, you know, all all week, you know, she just stops me. She's like, Matt, listen to this. this." (laughs) She gives me this fact. It's normally like 10 o'clock at night and I'm trying to like unwind and switch off. I'm like, can you not read a a normal book (laughs) for a change? Do you have to be learning all the time? It is one of those books where the guy behind it is obviously very passionate about the approach that he's found. And it is very easy to get like, um, you know, like... um, Let's not digress from what we're talking no, about. No, I was going to say, but it, but it is relevant because it is very easy to become part of a bit of a cult. You know, you, you find something that works for you, or you saw work for somebody else, and you start to see that as gospel, and you can't almost imagine anything outside of that working. And this guy who wrote this book is a bit <coughs> like that. And what I was about to say is level three, so it is relevant. In level three, <laughs> what I'm, we're trying to do is educate people about well not only do you want to perhaps reintroduce some of these foods so it is a more sustainable long-term um nutrition protocol for you but maybe when people talk about oh i went off the rails here and i, I went to this do here and i, I binged because i've not had anything you know like that for so long and now i feel guilty we want to stop that cycle a little bit mm. so get people to see you know a role for those pleasure foods and those social occasions and is it that they need to sort of pencil in? Some people might need to pencil in a, a free meal or a cheap meal. Um, so they know most of the time they're eating healthily, but they've got that that license at one meal a week or whatever, however many they decide to have, to just, um, you know, just, just have a little bit of something that they fancy. Uh, and equally, we're going to explain things like carbohydrate cycling or backloading for those people who want to do sort of high fat because they, they definitely know they're better on it. And maybe their gut is better, you know, sort of without a lot of carbohydrates, but they still want to have that occasional... Um, meal and there is some science to suggest that you know sort of having that carbohydrate um you know high carbohydrate day or high high carbohydrate meal sort of at various intervals is is is, can actually be helpful so talking people through all the different approaches you know the fitness industry is always shouting about some of them and flexible dieting is the latest one isn't it that we're just going to explain to people it's, it's, it's like we always try and say to people it's not that one thing is necessarily ever better than the other because Everybody is so different in so many ways, you know, be it genetically, hormonally, age, sex, their training duration, intensity, frequency. You know, th- these are all, all these variables that, that, that have a huge impact on what your dietary requirements should be. And I think a lot, of, a lot of the stuff that we've been trying to do, especially in level two and level three, kind of help people understand that things change, you know, as you go along your journey as, you know, if you're someone who maybe hormonally was a little bit all over the place i.e like your insulin was all over the place you were carrying substantial amounts of body fat to where you probably wouldn't respect respond very well to to a high carbohydrate diet we then reduce carbohydrates maybe increase fats and proteins a little bit they get good results body composition comes down energy goes up lean muscle tissue goes up insulin balances they're then in a position where we could actually introduce more carbohydrates and, and change things up a little bit because, again, hormonally, they're in a position where they can deal with it better. And it kind of ties in with what Keris said, where people find something that works, i.e. low carb, they think that's them, that's, that's them set for life. They must. That's the way they need to eat forever. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. don't realise that, of course, you know, they're... they're they change their, their body has a new requirement over time and we had some fantastic results with people on our level two plan which literally just finished last week and there's been some people on there that have worked with us a few times in the past uh, who have really adapted to the fit food principle so to speak 
phenomenal results. However, they were kind of at that point where body composition was right down. You know, they were feeling good, but they were almost at that little bit of a plateau with their training. And we, we took their calories up, we took their carbohydrates up. Lo and behold, their performance went up. Next thing you know, it was it was P, PB central going on, wasn't it? Everyone was like hitting PBs. And the best bit was body comp even went down a little bit more, you know, and that's the amazing thing with increased carbs and increased calories. So, you know, that was kind of our approach to kind of educate people a to go from that starting point and set that foundation then kind of advancing things a little bit further maybe becoming more aware of your macros right yeah and then going that one step further of then saying okay let's play around with this even more and see if we and how the body responds to things such as carb backloading carb cycling uh etc etc but also like an underlying thing that everyone out there should be working to do is um Obviously, if, the, if people are listening to this podcast, they're interested in health and nutrition and, and oh, training. They're listening. You're listening. <laughs> they're probably <they're> zoned out. <laughs> are you there? <laughs> so, um, but what's it, quite... it would be quite funny if you could just blurt out a certain name and go, wait, Kathy, <laughs> yeah. pay attention. You probably, you're probably chances best... are, actually, no, Sarah, isn't it? Sarah I was going to say, you're probably best saying, wait, Rob. Because <laughs> he's listening to this and editing it. Who's editing it, yeah. <laughs> and he's probably like glazed over. <laughs> I, I swear in a sugar slump just to try and catch him off guard yeah. see if he is listening <laughs> carry on anyway um, what I was about to say is it's great that people are interested passionate and learning this is such an essential part especially when there's so much you know like misinformation wrong information however you want to put it out there um, that's generally on the news and other stuff and there's lots of headlines which I think are very misleading about about the science and, and trying to tell people what they want to hear rather yeah. than actually what the science is trying to tell us even if the science you know it's not always that accurate. But um, what I want to say is we, we want to remove the, the stress factor. And that is something that um, with all these podcasts, it's so easy. I've had to delete a few podcasts from my phone because the people I listen to are so intense about things yeah. that I come off the podcast thinking I'm doing everything wrong. I need thousands <laughs> of pounds because I need all these really high level techie bits of equipment to basically make sure I'm protected from electromagnetic frequencies and that I'm constantly earthed and that I'm, you know, drinking the purest right, mountain right, water. Right, right. Easy, easy. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what we're trying to do on the plans is actually say to people, um, you know, here are some tools. You might want to use them, but like me, I often will just use them as a check-in. I don't, I don't track a lot of stuff nowadays um, mm. because I find it too. It, it can be, it can become very obsessive compulsive, and you can start to just feel constantly like um, maybe guilty that you're doing something wrong or that you can't, you know, hit your desired goals. So for some people, we sort of are just, you know, intervening and going. Actually, I think this approach will be better for you. This very natural approach, yeah. and and you know what? Once a month, check in on my fitness pal and just check that your calories aren't too low. Yeah. Um, and also keep reassessing your goals. So a lot of people we're constantly going on about goals because a lot of people have conflicting goals. Um, we've mentioned this before on podcasts. Yeah. You know, um, I want to run a half marathon and I want to lose weight and I want to sort out my gut. You can't do all three. <laughs> I can yeah, tell you now. Do, do you not, not see the- a common link though? And 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 this isn't all the time, but it's, it's something I see a lot is when someone has decided they want to go on a fat loss journey. The first thing they do is make a they enter a marathon or something rather than going i need to address my nutrition get that now maybe lose a bit of weight first first things first it's i'm doing a marathon in three months time that's my incentive to to lose weight and and get healthy yeah because i think it's the structure and the discipline that that brings into your life so it it, because you know marathon programs (laughs) structure yeah the, the marathon programs are very you know eat this much, run this much, yeah. uh, this time, this many times a week. And actually we've seen <laughs> even some people in the groups are very stressed because they're marathon training. Yeah. And I'm already sort of saying, you know, perhaps reconsider this marathon, yeah. you know, because some of them are already injured, which just, you know, fills me with fear that they're then going to go and run a marathon yeah. with an injury. And it's not, they're not looking at long-term, long-term health here and, and long-term success in, in any of their, their goals because essentially what they will maybe possibly end up doing is wiping out their adrenals, injuring themselves yeah. and, and, and then having this big battle to get back to health. Yeah. Um, the common thing I see when I, I see individual clients who've done marathons is not only massive problems with injuries and joints, which affects their training for the months afterwards. Yeah. I see a lot of weight gain following the marathon because they've been so used to carb loading. 
Mm-hmm. And then they don't want to hit the streets for like 20 miles a week, yeah. you know. 20 miles a week and the rest. <laughs> Understandably, yeah. And the rest. And, and so we've talked about it before. It's not the best way of losing weight. But what I do like about a recent group of level one people is some people are in there. I'm not actually going to exercise. I'm just going to walk a lot. And I'm going to be as active as I can at the weekend. Um, but this this nutrition thing is really big for me. I've never I've never cooked all my meals before. I've never, you know, mm. I've never eaten fish before. It's, it's yeah. a lot of change in my life. So... Uh, you know, and some of them are already going through the, the detox symptoms of, you know, from caffeine and and sugar. So so they are just yeah. sort of walking. And I really like that because the simpler we keep it, then the more we can add in the training factor at the next stage when they've, yeah. they're really sort of, yep, yeah, I've nailed this part of it. Um, next bit for me is is I might want to join a gym and, and go through some, you know, um, basic training programs and things. If, if you throw all that at yeah. somebody initially, it's well, too much. Well, that's the thing is, I mean, because don't get me wrong, when people do sign up to our plan, like level one, two or three, a meal plan, they obviously get a nutritional plan. There's interactive webinars as well as pre-recorded webinars because it is all about educating yourself and kind of like topping up your own knowledge base so that you understand everything a little bit better and there is of course a training plan um you know i've put a training plan together for beginners intermediate and advanced whether you're gym based or body weight you know there's a workout for everybody but like kerry said we do stress that get your priorities straight first and initially that is about getting into that routine of getting savvy in the kitchen with your meal prep getting your lunches ready having uh, good snacks to hand etc so you're not kind of in a flap when you're out and about trying to find a, a healthy snack to tie you over. And then when you feel like that's all in place and you think, OK, I've got time now to to incorporate some of the training into my life and, and take it from there rather than, you know, just going hell for leather from the off. And like Kerry said, you know, stressing yourself out and causing you problems. And this kind of ties in with a chat I was having with someone the other day, because I probably get emailed this question at least four or five times a week and that's not not an exaggeration and it's as if you know people just cut and paste the same question and that question is what is the best type of training the top what's the best workout to follow for fat loss to burn fat yeah and to be honest with you less hand to mouth (laughs) this workout covers all basis right the best workout you can do to lose body fat gain muscle improve strength get fitter it doesn't Even matter i'm, hang- I'm hanging up it, it covers all bases you ready for it what it's one you can stick to oh well done that's clever that's clever do you because like you know there's so many different there's so much information out there when it comes to training but the first thing you need to do is you need to decide what your goal is that's very important is your goal to improve strength is it body comp muscle gain whatever be quite specific with it then your second goal is to find something that you can do frequently, consistently and progressive enough so that it's rewarding, you can stick to it, it doesn't dominate your your uh, schedule and ultimately that's how you're going to get results because there's the consistency and structure in place. You know, So there's no point kind of getting yourself stressed out on whether you need to do an extra half an hour or ever, you know, a training session needs to be two hours long to get any results you know it needs to be one you can stick to whether it's a 20 minute workout a 30 minute 40 minute 60 minute three times a week four times a week five times a week if you can stick to it and you're progressing fantastic if you can't stick to it you're not progressing and it stresses you out more than anything Definitely. makes sense absolutely so guys if you are interested in our online plans Check them out on our website, of course, which is still currently fitterlondon.co.uk. That's an, an announcement right there. Our new website is going to be live very soon. We are buzzing because it looks awesome. Can't wait to get that up. But it is still fitterlondon.co.uk. It will be fitterfood.com. Obviously, makes sense. Um, but guys, £49 for a 28-day plan. That's level one, two, and three. They're £49 each. There's no obligation to do all three. Um, but check them out. We've had awesome results and we absolutely love doing them. So um, the latest one's already kicked off. People are getting phenomenal results. So guys, uh, the next one doesn't start until the beginning of the, basically the first Monday in April. We roll these out monthly. The, the last one's already kicked off now and it's already going amazingly well. So yeah, definitely check it out, guys. Have a look at the info and by all means, get in touch on the Facebook page or info at fitterfood.com. Uh, with any questions you might have and we'll be happy to help in other announcements oh yeah we've got um so our book previously fit of food is now being published as paleo primer 
by Ebri, and we're incredibly excited. And that is can't what, wait. It will be out by the time this podcast goes out, so fifth yeah. of March. So yeah, it should be Thursday. by then. Um, but just to, it is a little bit confusing. We appreciate um, that because it was previously Fitter Food. So it isn't a new book at this point in time. It's actually just Fitter Food as a published version. Yeah. And it will now be available in shops and stores like Sainsbury's and Waterstones and um, Amazon. And, I'm going to be online. such a loser. The amount of pictures I'm going to take of me with a book in Sainsbury's, <laughs> me with a book in Waterstones. <laughs> it is already Paleo Prime out in America, as some people might know already. Um, and we've had loads and loads of, of comments and emails about a second book. To be honest, it's, it's always been in the pipeline and we actually are stockpiling recipes uh, all the time as soon as we, we cook them and yeah. you know, they go into some of our plans. But we, we do have, we've got enough for a second book. We've got about 200 recipes now. Um, but we have to, uh, once you have a publishing uh, deal, we, we've got... We have to hang fire. We've got to hang fire. We've Kobo got to make sure enthusiasm. that, yeah, they can, we can get um, all the work done needed for Paleo Primer first. Uh, but, yeah, we are working on it in the background. It's 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 in, it's in going on. <laughs> I lost my train of thought then. It's what? <laughs> it's happening. It's going on. <laughs> it's going on. What's going Sorry. on? Sorry. Uh, yeah, so um, if you are... Um, try to get hold of the book and they've been on the website and seen that you can't, uh, you can now. So as of 5th of March, it'll be in shops and yep, spread the love, tell friends and family and you can get it. It's it's paperback, isn't it, at the moment? It is paperback, yes. Yes. Um, and I, I think it's going to be available as an e-book as well, which people are quite pleased about because a lot of people have asked if our book would be available as an e-book. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, just to, just, to, just to confirm, the Paleo Primer is the same as Fitter Food, A Lifelong Recipe of Health and Fat Loss. It's not... A new book, unfortunately, although you know they have kind of played around with it a little bit and they've kind of added their own touch on some of the design work and whatnot. Um, and obviously, it's a different front cover and title, etc. But it is the same book. If you've already got Fit Food, a lifelong recipe of health and fat loss, if you want a new one under a new name, by all means, treat yourself or treat your friends and family. But um, please don't buy it expecting it to be a new book, um, just to save any confusion there. And I suppose one last point you should make, um, we get quite a lot of negative comments on Amazon about this. Uh, people are charming these days, aren't they? But there is a UK version and there is a US version. And the US version is cups, uh, zucchini, and there is no passata because you, you can't get that over tomato there. Tomato sauce. <laughs> so you have to make your own tomato sauce. And then the UK version is grams, and there's loads of passata, <laughs> and there's... Um, courgette. um Courgettes. And all the resources in the UK one are UK-based websites, and obviously same for US. So some people on Amazon have said... Why are two UK authors writing a US cookbook? Um, blah, blah, blah. Very angry about that fact. There are two books. <laughs> so one is Americanized, one is UK. So do try and make that uh, check, double check that before you buy. Uh, okay, so we should move on to tooth decay. This is going to be heavy. Wow. I warn you now. Am I ready? <laughs> I've actually got the book open. I was reading with loads of folded over pages so I could... It's, it's, it's actually... Um, Quite hard to get your head around, I have to say, some of the stuff I've been reading. But well, let's let's keep it short and sweet. Yeah, <laughs> simplify. Yeah, let's simplify this. Get to the point. Well, the the point is, somebody has posted. A few people have posted in the members zone about decay issues. Right. So they visited the dentist and been told that they've got new cavities despite eating what they perceive to be a really healthy diet. You know, and, brushing their teeth regularly, and brushing their teeth regularly, flossing, and, and all of us, you know, that are following fit of food have, have massively reduced sugar, other than probably yep. some fruit and a bit of raw honey and dark chocolate so yeah um i've actually had a really similar experience so in the, and i think i've mentioned this before the last couple of recent visits i had to the dentist it's over a year ago now i've stopped going uh, they were saying that i had before i actually knew um I, even before i studied nutrition i had quite a lot of tooth issues and every time i'd go they'd say you know are you eating a lot of sugar and i was always really confused because at that time i'd have cereal for breakfast um, fruit was about the only sugar i'd have in the day you know relatively healthy but like you know oat cakes and um so, you know, not exactly paleo, but chicken salads for lunch and soups and stuff. Um, the only sugary thing I probably had a lot of at that time was ketchup. Um, always been a bit of a ketchup fan. So I used to have things yeah. like instead of because I was a bit fat phobic instead of mayonnaise, I'd have ketchup on everything. Uh, anyway, quite unacceptable. So I kept asking them, is it the ketchup, do you think? And they said, well, it could well be. That's a lot of sugar. But I didn't have that much ketchup. Do you know what I mean? Like two or three times a week. So it was always a bit of a mystery for me. And it cost me an absolute fortune. And even this was going on, even as I started to transition to paleo eating, I was still going back and being told I had more and more cavities yeah um i broke a tooth and then had to have this awful crown and everything and quite a lot of intensive 
uh, work done. And um, and since then, I've been back, and they keep mentioning that my my calcium reserves look really low when they X-ray me, and it looks like my teeth don't mineralize very well. And it's all been a bit confusing because I thought, God, crikey, I could not eat. Like now, I have no sugar whatsoever, really. Um, again, other than dark chocolate and some fruit. So um, anyway. It got me, um, I've always been interested in this side of things, and we have covered it previously um, after I went to the Western A. Price convention. I talked a little bit about Dr. Western A. Price, who was a dentist who did a lot of research um, by traveling the world and looking at lots of traditional cultures who didn't have issues with tooth decay. Tooth decay, I didn't, <laughs> decay, decay, uh, tooth decay, and didn't have. Um, problems with crooked teeth and teeth moving and things like that um we have mentioned some of this stuff before but it um recently my mum's had some issue after root canal surgery where she's got this residual pain yeah and the solution that the dentist has given her is things like um a, f- a fake filling that she has to put in a tooth fake filling yeah it's like some some material that she puts over the tooth because it's so sensitive now wow. so she can't even sometimes cold air from walking outside um, will upset the tooth and then she's been told to floss and get these tiny little metal brushes and literally you know like shove these brushes in between her teeth yeah. uh, use this um, alcohol mouthwash and you know sort of high fluoride toothpaste and all I keep seeing every time I go and visit her is chemicals 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 and thinking and I can't see how shoving bits of metal between your teeth even is is helping the situation yeah. because if you've got inflammation of the gums boy is that going to hurt you know make it worse boy, yeah and I've always thought the thing about a lot of the, the flossing and stuff we're told to do, I understand why we should do it, but for me, it seems like a really aggressive approach to cleaning your teeth. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like getting bits of food out of your teeth, but, you know, sort of, I mean, when, even when I've been the dentist, well, you come out with bleeding gums because they've literally shoved... Gone crazy. Yeah, metal instruments in between your teeth. So anyway, and the other thing that we'd often discussed is why does Hamish have bright, white, lovely teeth? Yeah. He doesn't brush his teeth ever. I said to you, and and this, you know, teeth brushing hasn't been around that long. Neither is flossing. Neither is all of these, you know, um, fancy mouthwash and and all sorts of things that we're supposed to be doing now. Um, And what's really, really fascinating is there's massive links between gum disease and heart disease. Yeah. Um, So bacterial infections in the gums, because you've got like a sublingual uh, pathway down into the body, are really dangerous. And you do not want gum disease like, that's a given now or inflamed gums it's not very, any disease really no, 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 but that's <laughs> definitely not that one so anyway i um picked up this book so it is cure tooth decay and it's covering a lot of um dr weston a. price's uh, findings so this guy goes around the world and one of the groups he came across with the aborigines of australia yeah and what was really interesting was he compared the um the aborigines who kept their traditional diet and then the ones that actually moved on to what was the white man's diet in Australia at the time. And there's some amazing pictures in the book where literally you've got groups of Aborigines who have like no teeth. They've fallen out completely. Um, and what they do have are all wonky and crooked and twisted. And then there's these beautiful, um, beautiful teeth amongst the, um, the Aborigines who stayed with their traditional diet. And they're so straight and they're so white. And neither, neither groups brush their teeth or floss their teeth. Um, so he quickly linked it to nutrition and what was going on. You can you can read his work. I think it's on um, uh, it's covered in Sally Fallon's book uh, Nourishing Traditions quite in depth. You can go to Western A Price conferences. There's usually I think there are, if not every year one every couple of years in in they're across the world but they always have one in London. And there are actually some companies like Real Foods in um, Alsager, Cheshire, where I grew up, um, stock a lot of the products that are suggested by Western A. Price to help with tooth decay. So one of the things that... Um, so you can have a look at... Look it is at quite it. amazing because I'm looking at the pictures in this book now and it's got a picture of the, the... It's the Aborigines, isn't it? One, like you said, before kind of any kind of processed food should we say have been introduced and probably the most perfect set of teeth <laughs> you've ever seen i've ever seen like so straight so white and he actually said uh, here's a quote those who adopted the food of the white man suffered extremely from tooth decay just as the white men did um when there was no opportunity to get native food to combine with the white man's food their condition was desperate and extreme so um he he um went across the world looking at different cultures and he noticed some some links between the cultures that had amazing, you know, very strong teeth, very clean teeth, and then those that, that didn't. And he looked at, like, their nutrition, which we've covered before. But he came up with a formula for what is needed for um, uh, for optimal sort of dental health. And it's minerals like calcium, phosphorus, vitamin A, vitamin D. And 
and uh, one of the things that he talks about is it's it's not just that we eat things like sugar and you think of sugar I know I used to think that sugar it's like it rotted your teeth that's why yeah. I used to think of it so it gets in between the teeth and rots it yeah and um, but actually it's more to do with the changes to your hormones the spike of things like insulin in the body means that the body will then withdraw phosphorus and calcium from the teeth right. to neutralise that effect, which is amazing. So it's not that the sugar was getting stuck to your teeth and rotting them. Right. It's the changes it makes to the body's biochemistry um, that will mean that the teeth actually end up rotting away. Jesus. So one of the big things was to get your blood sugar balanced. But just going back to the nutrients, um, he recommended, so on a daily basis, an adult needs to eat 1.5 grams of, uh, or have 1.5 grams of calcium, 2 grams of phosphorus, 4,000 to 20,000 international units of vitamin A, and 1,000 to 4,000 international units of vitamin D. And the reason this is a massive issue is we're probably getting hardly any vitamin A these days because most people are now scared of fat. Yeah. Um, and also foods that contain lots of vitamin A. So, for example, and I'm talking preformed vitamin A. So you can only get preformed vitamin A in animal products generally. Yeah. So you get it in eggs, liver, um, obviously um, any meat, fish um, and poultry as well. But if you're um, a bit fat phobic, it's a fat soluble vitamin. So there needs to be fat present in the meal that you yeah. have vitamin A. So again, if you're trying to eat lean chicken or muscle meats all the time, you're not going to get adequate amounts of vitamin A. Vitamin D, which we know is sourced from daylight and none of us get outside enough. Um, you'd be looking at about um, up to 4,000, you know, over an hour outside with multiple sites of your skin exposed. I must say, like speaking of the, the whole vitamin D thing, um, what I've been doing when I do like my recovery days and i tend to get out with you don't i and we either do a really fast walk or we do a nice light jog yeah um and we get out quite early so and obviously it's a light jog for you it's it's, it's horrible <laughs> for me trying to keep up with you because i've got the longest stride <laughs> I um, do four for every one stride you do <laughs> but what i was going to say was is what i started to do is literally even though it's freezing when we first step outside just going out with like shorts and a vest on you know it's only a matter of minutes before you kind of warm up and you feel so good knowing that you've kind of got outside, exposed your skin to daylight, and it's just such a good start to the day. Yeah, I, I'm trying to, uh, when I go out with Hamish for little runs and stuff, I can't, I can't walk very well in a, you know, like a gilet, which is what I'm trying to do, because it's too cold at the moment, but you can run because you're warm enough. Yeah. So I've been putting a vest and a gilet on, which means my arms are exposed when I run. Yeah. Um, and just wearing capri pants, you know, I can't face shorts yet, but capri pants mean that, you know, your calves are exposed. So yeah, there's just different ways... Yeah, it's just just different ways. Just different gym kit basically can mean that you are, you know, getting more vitamin D on your runs or your training sessions. So just have a little think if you can change that. Because there is a big thing of wearing skins, which are covering every single bit of your skin, really. Yeah. (laughs) Underneath your gym kit. So um, anyway, back to that. He um, there was a study which um, is mentioned in the book where they took seventeen, I think it was kids, seventeen kids, and basically they managed to reduce the incidence of tooth decay two hundred and fifty times by two hundred and fifty times using this nutritional protocol. So listen to this: Um, they would have four ounces. I'm not very good at converting that into grams. Four ounces of tomato juice or orange juice a day, which you might be thinking, shock horror, that's fruit juice. And also a teaspoon of either cod liver oil or high vitamin butter oil. Um, So that's going to give you all the fat soluble vitamins. Um, There was lots of um, vegetable and meat um, stews and the way that they're cooked so that they're very um, digestible was really important. There was a big mention in this book about undigested meat in the... um, in the digestive system because you don't chew it properly yeah. maybe you don't even cook it properly or you don't have the enzymes and stomach acid to break it down can cause all sorts of issues with bacterial infections and um which which can actually affect your teeth bad breath apparently is a big sign of that but <laughs> Hamish does have bad breath but that's probably because he wolfs his food down um anyway back to these people they had um so the way they cooked the meat was really important lots of uh, bone marrow and lots of bones used in the broth so again you're going to be getting phosphorus and and calcium from that um, cooked fruit was about the only thing they had uh, sweet-wise, um, and again, very, very small amounts. And <laughs> you'll love this bit. Rolls made from freshly ground whole wheat, which were spread thickly with high vitamin butter. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> and a big glass of whole milk. I'll, oh. I'll, be, I'll be off to Greg's later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, every single day there was either some sort of fish chowder or animal organs in the stews. Nice. Um, so basically that's how you're getting all of those nutrients for teeth. Um, and then the one thing that the book points out is that they wouldn't now recommend the whole wheat bread because of the, the changes in the way that bread and flour is made 
um, it would have been fermented back in this time what, what, that we're talking about. So the grains would have been soaked for days or maybe even weeks so that you could lower the phytate content. But um, we, we were talking about this the other day, weren't we, about bread and yeah. gluten. Yeah. And, you know, we were kind of having this debate, mini debate, and I was saying that, you know, surely it's more a case of how the bread's made compared to the actual ingredients I've been saying this for some time. It, definitely. The yeast is a big thing. So yeah. you, you, we've been looking at that, that the way that... Well, so they all use like fast-acting yeasts yeah. now, don't they? You yeah. Know, everything's sped up, you know, whereas um, when we went to that artisan bakery some years ago, do you remember? We were there for a... We're actually there for a, um, a cooking course. Yeah. It just happened to be one half of it was a cooking area, the other half was an artisan bakery. And you should have seen the way these guys were so passionate about bread. You know, you kind of get these connoisseurs of like coffee, wine, food, whatever. Like these guys are like that with bread, you know, and bread was their passion. And It was and, a 20, 24 hour fermented sourdough yeah. with all the starter cultures. And they worked through the night to get that bread on sale yeah, like, for like the a, morning. Around the clock. And, you know, the yeah. bread was kneaded by hand. The bread was left to raise naturally, you know, for as long as it needed to. There was nothing there to speed it up. And we, we obviously couldn't leave without buying ourselves a loaf. And it was phenomenal, wasn't it? I <laughs> yeah. mean, you know, and... and You're going me, off the track now. <laughs> talking about want, bread. People want to hear about bread. <laughs> they do, they probably do. People want to know they can have bread. Well, I am going to come on to grains in a second. Let me just cover the last little bit about Toothy K. Because on, the, grain, the grains thing is really important because um, this guy is very anti-grains, but because yeah. of the way that they're produced nowadays. But so Dr. Weston A. Price came up with, this is his uh, protocol that he concluded after looking at, um, he went, like I said, all across the world. Um, it was every single day, uh, two to three times a day, one to one and a half teaspoons of fermented cod liver oil with high vitamin butter oil. So what you could do, you can now buy fermented cod liver oil from Green Pastures on Amazon or red23.co.uk. Um, there's also now skate liver oil. So what these are is just offering uh, really high doses of vitamin A, D, E and K. Yeah. Um, and um, you take them as a supplement, but also obviously add some butter into your diet. So a really good grass-fed butter, which in the UK is really easy to find. You've got Kerrygold, Yale Valley... Um, um, I actually noticed Ocado now has an unpasteurized French butter as well. So you can get a raw butter if you want to. Get to your local farm shop as well. On top of that, <laughs> two cups of raw grass-fed whole milk daily. Wow. Yeah. Um, and actually, again, I had a quick look around. And on... Um, oh, God, I'm going to forget the um, the website now. Online, you can order this all online. And there's a great website called, I think it's Food Finder. Yeah, that's the one. Is it foodfinder.co.uk? Yeah. Have yeah. a quick look on your phone. You sure? Yes. Okay. So, uh, I think. <laughs> no, give me your phone. You can have a, you can have a look. So, um, yeah, on this website, there's lots of uh, sorry. On this website, there's lots of resources for getting raw dairy across the country, and also a, lo- a list of what's your best bet in supermarkets, which is really helpful. Um, but yeah, two two cups of grass fed uh, raw whole milk, and it has to be whole milk because remember you want the fats in there um, to absorb the fat soluble vitamins. Then you've got uh, bone marrow frequently, stews made with bones frequently, which we shout about all the time. Seafood, including the organs of the seafood, if possible. It's, <laughs> sorry, it's naturalfoodfinder.co.uk. Natural I knew that wasn't just, uh, it couldn't be just food finder. Uh, <laughs> loads of green vegetables and a little cooked fruit, some tomato juice or some orange juice. And by the way, the reason that you're having the orange juice and tomato juice is the vitamin C, which is also really important. And most, uh, he did identify scurvy. Do you know scurvy is um, vitamin C deficiency, which is actually coming back in the UK because we don't eat enough fresh fruit, we don't get enough vitamin C. Right. And bleeding gums is actually a, a sign of scurvy. Oh, really? Yeah. So, Sorry, I was I'd... just distracted on food finder. Yeah, I saw the, <laughs> yeah. the raw, saw raw the dairy. Ice cream. Oh, really? <laughs> it's saying what, what to avoid, what's average, and it tells you what's good. So, We were doing for a while chuckling goat, which do um, they do... Uh, raw goat's kefir which they deliver to your door frozen and then well, you can just take out and pint a day it says here that green and black's organic vanilla ice cream oh you're on is <laughs> a, a good choice you're on the, so it gives you like a traffic light scheme for um in the supermarket yeah and avoid then, average and what's good yeah really really helpful oh and then the best the best ice cream is oh homemade there we go there you go when are you <laughs> going to start making homemade ice cream that's, that, that's the question on it. 
So anyway, so back to the um, the biochemistry bit that's really interesting just to know is, as I've mentioned, some other dentists followed up Dr. Westnay Price's work. So you've got uh, Melvin Page was the next guy who took the baton. And what he identified was the ratio of calcium and phosphorus in the blood is really, really important. Right. Um, so I think because a lot of people have cut out dairy, you might find that there isn't enough. And I think phosphorus is supplemented in our soils quite a lot. So you might find that we're getting quite an imbalance in this. Right. I'm sure a lot of people are going, but we've been told to eliminate dairy. You know, on previous podcasts, you mentioned eliminating it. We do, uh, but we've always advocated raw dairy and we've always advocated things like a really good grass-fed butter. Um, If you're intolerant to dairy, so if you've had some tests done or you know that you get digestive issues, lactose issues, um, another thing could be skin can flare or um, you get a bit phlegmy. Um, you can try going for the low lactose stuff like a raw double cream or raw butter um, and some of the low lactose cheeses like parmesan is, is um, incredibly low in lactose and really high in K2. Uh, fantastic for bone health generally, not just teeth. Um, things like cottage cheese is also very low in lactose, so you might find that you tolerate those better. Um, you can go for sheeps and goats instead of cows. So it might yeah. be the fact that it's more um, the type of cow. So we've mentioned before A1 cows, which are a lot of commercial dairy comes from A1 cows, right. are, is linked to diabetes, heart disease and inflammation. Whereas the dairy products from A2 cows, um, <clears throat> which we, where did you see that the other day? It was in Waitrose. Waitrose. <laughs> yeah. They actually do a milk and it's called A2 milk. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be, it's not, it's less allergenic. So some people get on better with that. And then obviously you've got the raw would be better because you'll yeah. get all of the enzymes in yeah. there to help you digest it. Well, it's like I always say to people, you know, I, I generally don't do too well with regular pasteurised dairy. No. But if I, I've, I can neck a pint of raw milk. raw milk from the farmer's market, it'd be absolutely fine. Speaking um, the, of cottage uh, cheese, actually, sorry. Oh, the, oh, the one point of, no, no, go on. I was just going to say, because the other day, do you remember when we posted up our sweet potatoes with cottage cheese and some fresh chives? Yeah. And loads of people were like, oh, I didn't realise cottage cheese was allowed. Yeah. You cannot eat that. <laughs> um, you know, and, and it's just kind of, it's funny, isn't it, that, you know, people get it in their head, they can't have something. Whereas, you know, rather than actually trying it, listening to their body and seeing how they respond, yeah, they just kind of assume. But as you've just said, it's quite a lot lower in lactose compared to other dairy products. One of the things actually uh, we've been doing on on the the level three fat loss kickstart. I know it sounds like we're just waffling on about fat loss kickstarter, but um, I did quite a lot of research about the the reintroduction of dairy when I read this book and thought, you know, I think some people would really benefit from it. Yeah. Um, was that you could do things like um, taking just like a small spoonful of um, of live yogurt at a meal time and just build up really really slowly. So there yeah. is a method to it. Like I said to you, don't just go and <laughs> start whacking going crazy mozzarella on everything and yeah. Um, just building up really slowly can be helpful. The other thing that I was going to mention, it's just gone out of my head now, what was I going to mention? Oh, the other source of calcium that you can get. So again, it's quite interesting. When, when I was training as a naturopath, there was a bit of an anti-dairy component there. Yeah. And they were always sort of um, encouraging people towards other sources of calcium. You don't need um, dairy necessary for the calcium, but you are getting the calcium and the fat-soluble vitamins. So it's it's a good, it's a very nutrient-dense source of calcium. Of those nutrients, <laughs> a nutrient dense <laughs> source of foods. Um, but other sources of calcium would be the green vegetables, which is why um, Dr. Westnay Price is very big on get the greens into the big meat stews. And the bone marrow and the bone broths as well would be fantastic sources of calcium. And then also things like eating the bones in tin salmon and tin sardines. It's just a lot of people won't do that. Yeah. Um, we tend to find, just mash it up with loads of apple cider vinegar Beautiful. and some um apple cider vinegar just tin salmon isn't it that's oh, just one of our favorite dishes. I, could, I could just sometimes Stick i'll just literally some rice cakes and, sometimes yeah. i won't even do that i'll just eat it I'll put it in a put it in a bowl mash it up with a vinegar and then just eat it yeah when i was a kid my mum used to make us um especially we got a bit of some boiled eggs ready as well yeah tin salmon it was tin salmon vinegar and cucumber sandwiches so i just have that now without the sandwich would you ever used to have the was it tin sardines with vinegar on toast oh yeah mashed yeah so, oh, wow. so they would be another good source. Um, Whereas now, you know, we have to have some good quality sourdough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I should add, the minute uh, this this book advocates sourdough as probably the only source of bread you should have, and Matt instantly got really excited and started to plan Sh- a sourdough on, trip. Straight, straight on Google. <laughs> yeah. Sourdough where, bread in Stratford upon Avon. Actually, it turns out there is an amazing bakery in Stratford that makes proper bread. sourdough bread. You've just got to check that it's unbleached flour that they use and i think the sourdough rye came up as one of the best um anyway so then another guy came along um so the other thing that was really interesting about some of the studies that the other dentist did that followed the work of him as i've mentioned there was the, the discovery that when you spike your blood sugar levels 
um, you'll pull calcium and, and phosphorus from the teeth. Yeah. So it's so important to do what? Number one not, goal. Not spike. <laughs> You're supposed to say balance your blood sugar levels. Yeah, not spike. Don't spike it. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm laughing because again, when I was training, you had to write protocols for people and it'd be like, number one goal. And you just write, not spike. Yeah, just don't do that. <laughs> Start doing that. So um, you can um, test your blood uh, glucose levels. We've covered this on our uh, website, fitlondon.co.uk. So uh, head there and there's a whole article on what to do, but get your fasted glucose. I would get it to like five or below. Um, and then after a meal, you don't want it going any higher than 7.8. If you if it's going higher than that, then you, you're, you're compromising your tooth health. So um, another dentist that then took over noticed that this is where it gets a bit complicated so uh, I'm going to read this little bit from the book. You've got um, <laughs> tubules below your tooth that are full of some fluid, which is a bit like cerebral spinal fluid that's, you know, in, in, the, in the spinal cord and in the brain, essentially. Yeah. Um, and basically what the tooths are doing, what the teeth is designed the to tooths. do, the tooths. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've also got um, something called odontoblasts, which are basically, um, they sort of, they're little, little cells that feed um, the teeth with um, enamel. So, right. you know, we talk about one thing I've been told is my enamel isn't very good on my teeth. Yeah. And I kept thinking, is it the lemon water that I have? Is it stripping the enamel off my teeth? I'm not really sure. Um, but these um, odontoblasts basically are sort of like remineralizing the teeth and cleaning the teeth. We were right in that I was saying, I'm sure the teeth must be self-cleaning because that's why old traditional tribes didn't clean their teeth and yeah. Hamish doesn't clean his teeth and he's got whiter teeth than anyone I know. Isn't there something to be said for the types of, uh, you know, for example, Hamish is always chewing bones and stuff. You'd think that would almost be cleaning the teeth. That's what I mean, but we, we chew food. Well, we should chew food. Well, yeah. Yeah. So th- there are all these things in place. Um, it gets a bit more complicated in that we've even got um, basically the saliva glands. Um, we have a big saliva gland called the parotid gland, which is controlled by the hypothalamus. That's the master gland in the brain. I can see I'm losing you now. You're glazing over. No. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and what can happen is um, all the signals from these, um, there's lots of hormonal signals going on, which can get confused, which means that instead of cleaning the teeth, a lot of the debris around the teeth um, mm. is actually pulled into the tooth instead. And that's where this whole idea that actually flossing would be really helpful. Um, But it's because there's been a a sort of mix up of signals in the first place, if that makes sense. So, again, we're trying to treat a symptom of something that's of an underlying issue. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's probably not good to have a big chunk of meat sat in between your teeth. Yeah, but then I'm sure cavemen would have just got a pick and just pulled it out. Um, And then the other thing that another dentist identified was that a big problem with tooth decay is loss of magnesium, copper, iron and manganese. Um, within the diet, which was um, what they identified in cultures that transitioned onto flour-based diets um, and and more processed foods. So the minute flours came in, um, because they're quite high in phytates, they were blocking the absorption of these really delicate minerals, which are really important for the mineralization of the teeth. Um, And then the other thing he goes on to talk about is... um, uh, without these minerals, what's happening is we're getting odontoporosis, right. which is basically the same as osteoporosis, so just a breakdown of the, the yeah. dental structures, essentially, um, and something called odontoclasia, which is absorption and destruction of tooth enamel. Um, so again, because you haven't got enough of these minerals. There is also links, I'm going to stop there because the biochemistry side gets a bit complicated, but there's also massive links <coughs> with, um, again, blood sugar, changing um, signals to the pituitary gland, and also the thyroid hormone then gets involved. Okay, so that's another podcast right there, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm but, a, I might do, I might buy you like a little dictaphone or something. Just to talk to myself. And you could just, <laughs> you could just entertain yourself when I'm not here. And... What I'm going to do is quickly flick through if there's any other points, because I highlight some other points, but I think we've but, covered them all. just quickly in the... though, like questions. You know, because I, you use like a natural toothpaste, don't you? Yeah. Like fluoride-free, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I do sometimes. However, I tend to sneak off and buy like a what do I? What's it called? The Beverly Hills whitening. Oh, don't whatever. worry about that. And the bicarbonate soda, yeah. Arm & Hammer, whatever. And Keris always has a go at me. Oh, that's the one I'm using. You can make it. Arm, yeah, Arm because you could make it yourself. But when I use the natural one the fluoride free and all of that i feel like it's not cleaning my teeth my teeth don't feel clean yet the others they do someone else has said that actually <clears throat> so so aside from making it all right myself yeah probably won't happen anytime soon yeah you know like what why what's in the naughty one that's not in the other one that makes my teeth feel so much cleaner and my and my breath so much fresher see this is the problem where what the pharmaceutical industry do is they trick us 
So yeah. with hair products, they put loads of stuff in this. And I know this from our old friend, Adora, who... She's not uh, old. <laughs> no, we're Same age as us. <laughs> but Adora was very big on natural hair care. And she said a lot of hair care products make you feel like your hair is, is glossy, but it's coating it with a, a substance. I can't remember what it was, like silica yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. Okay. So it wasn't naturally... It wasn't making your hair better. It was coating it in a substance that made you think your hair was right. better. And again, I'd have to look into it. I don't know exactly what is going into these. Um, so you think there's something in toothpaste that does the same? Probably. And I wouldn't say that it necessarily means it's having a beneficial effect on your teeth. But the, the outcome of it is a lot of what you're doing with your teeth isn't, isn't changing the situation. It's beyond brushing. Yeah. Go beyond brushing. Fit <laughs> of teeth. That's the, next, teeth. that's the next product coming your way. One thing I do, would do is I would say... Um, Go for a natural toothpaste if you don't like it. There is a really good recipe, and he talks about it in here, about um, just doing a natural, making your own, where you put in things like bicarbonate of soda yourself, which mm. would start to to have a little bit of a, an, a more of an abrasive effect on and, the uh, teeth. And I was looking online yesterday as well about uh, xylitol. Yeah, so I'm going to cover sweeteners in a second. I know you're bored of teeth, but... No, I'm not bored of teeth. <laughs> no. I'm not bored of teeth at all. There is um, someone in the member zone, so there is um, a friend of mine from school, actually, and they ha- a couple have a website called A Peach A Day. They're really big on natural tooth care, and they posted a recipe in the Fit Food member zone for their own toothpaste. Right. You should go and make it. Okay. I'm going to ask them to repost it. Um, but it was coconut oil and a bit of bicarbonate of soda, some nice. peppermint oil. That's um, easy enough, isn't it? Yeah. I'll check that out. Um, so Sweeteners. Talk to me about xylitol. So he goes through sweeteners in this book. Um, and again, you know, uh, as I mentioned with you, there's loads of conflicting advice in that you'll read some stuff in here. I think if you've got in the background of your nutrition everything we've just mentioned, um, so whilst that might sound overwhelming, all I'm suggesting most people do is, is take something like a fermented cod liver oil or eat liver um, two or three times a week. Um, we've mentioned liver capsules on here before, so freeze the liver raw, cut it into capsules pieces in the fridge, um, and then just take that every couple of days. But you could also do heart, lungs, any any organ meats would be fantastic. Um, boil up some bones a couple of times a week and make some soups and stews. Try to avoid... Um, so in terms of phytates, you've got things like grains which have phytates in. So if you um, try and avoid eating t- these too frequently and not at mealtimes when you're having these nutrient-rich foods. Right. So if you, um, for example, are maybe just putting too much... I don't know, if you're having porridge at breakfast, you're probably not going to get the benefit of, of like things like the egg yolks you might be having with it necessarily. It might just block the absorption of those yeah. minerals. So just have a little think and think, well, you know, maybe I eat too many grains here or there and I could lessen them. Um, the book, which um, I should probably give the whole name of the book if anyone wants to buy it. So it's it's Cure Tooth Decay uh, by Ramiel Najil. Um, he talks about if you prepare the grains to remove the phytates, um, so the way that all these cultures did it was basically soaking them for like two or three days um, and then slow cooking them for hours. And that's how you do lentils and how you do beans to break down the phytates. That's how you should probably do quinoa should be soaked overnight. Uh, rice, again, um, white rice is a little bit lower in phytates, which is why people like the Perfect Health Diet, Paul Jaminet, advocate it. It's, it's a friendlier grain. Yeah. It's not going to block that mineral absorption. And then the other area that people might go wrong on a paleo diet, and Chris Cress has covered this on his website, is things like nuts and coconut. It still have phytates in and right. chocolate. So if you're sort of um, making lots of dishes with ground almonds and things like that, <clears> you <throat> might just find the phytates are still really high. Yeah. And so you've still got signs of mineral deficiencies. Right. Even though you eat nutrient-dense foods. And then over to the sweeteners... Interestingly, he's a big advocate of raw honey. And I'd also read another book this week, which was just saying because of the antibiotic properties of raw honey, it is one of the best sweeteners to have. Yeah. But you shouldn't be heating it um, at all because you're just destroying a lot of the properties if you heat it too much. But you can add it to like a, a coffee or something? Um, it's, I think it's if it's heated over 93 degrees. So boiling is... Yeah. Yeah. So if it's not fully hot, which it shouldn't be if you're drinking it. No, you're not drinking a bubbling. I am. (laughs) But it's hardly bubbling, is it? No. So, but adding it to, if you were doing like a dessert or something, putting some raw honey on that. Right. um, You know, a shake, a smoothie would Mm -hmm. be a good way of getting your raw honey. Um, So big advocate of raw honey. The next uh, one he mentions is actually just a really good quality uh, raw cane sugar. So is it, there, there is one that's, that's now in a lot of health food stores. It's, um, I think it's, I don't know how you say it, it's Palmyra jaggery, um, which is basically a, a very raw cane sugar, right. so not processed in any way. Okay. Uh, the other one is uh, Rapidura. I think it's called Rapidura. Okay. Um, and um, so that would be if you wanted like a crystalline sugar. 
um, go for something like that. It'd right. be expensive. The next thing was um, stevia, but very unprocessed stevia. But most people just can't get on with stevia. So um, not the one that's converted, you know, into Truvia or other sort of sugar alcohol uh, compositions because they, yeah. they are just like processed sugars, essentially. Um, and I think that was it. And now xylitol, and xylitol he wasn't keen on because he didn't feel there was enough science to support it. But I know Chris Cresser has reviewed the science and his outcome was that there was a lot of um, good things about xylitol. It doesn't elevate your blood sugar for a start. Yeah. So we won't get, get that spike. Xylitol doesn't feed bacteria. So if you have got bacteria, you know, infections in between the teeth, any, any xylitol um, in your desserts isn't going to feed it and make it grow. Same, okay. for, same for the gut. It's not going to feed any bacterial infections in the gut. So I'm still a fan of xylitol. Well, because I'm sure I saw something the other day, if you are making your own toothpaste, to add xylitol to it. Yeah, it's yeah. endorsed by the Dental Health Association, yeah. but then, you know, I don't know what... You know, <laughs> I'm always a bit sceptical of that, but it does seem to be uh, protective of teeth. So I think that's everything. Uh, the one thing I wanted to mention was um, the book goes through all the different grains... And talks about uh, oats was one where they said that there was a lot of studies suggesting that the addition of oats to a diet was had a really negative impact on tooth decay. No way. Which was really gutting because, you know, I don't eat porridge actually anymore. I, I ate it for years and years and years, but I don't think it agrees with me digestively. But I know you're always, like, gagging for me Loving. to find something to say. Porridge is great. And, and porridge might work for some people, but in this study, um, what it did was it found that the, the, the Gaelics of the Outer Hebrides um, had amazing teeth. So, um, and this is obviously like a Scottish diet. Um, and that was down to the fact that they, they did have oats within that diet. Um, but basically, listen to this. If, you, if you're willing to do this, then you can have your oats. <laughs> oats were stored outdoors after harvesting and then partially germinated for days or even weeks in the rain. The outer husk was collected and fermented for a week or longer. Wow. And this would produce an enzyme-rich starter for souring of oats. They would have been fermented then from 12 to 24 hours, maybe as long as a week, um, and then they would have been consumed I don't know, and, and like no one eats porridge like that nowadays, yeah. do they? And, and the reality is, no one will, right? No. So, and also, there's something to be said that let's be honest, some people are okay with oats. Aren't yeah, they? yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, this is this is for for someone like um, if you've been going to the dentist or uh, you know and having this recurrent you know cavities and things like that, which I've personally had, so I, I was just quite interested in this. Um, and years of, of digestive issues for me, I think you know, absorption is going to be probably compromised. What it also mentions here is the diet of the Outer Hebrides was extremely rich in fat-soluble vitamins A and D because what they would do is have cod's head stuffed with livers <laughs> in their diet. So, you know, it, it, it's about sort of um, not just preparing the grains but making sure you're getting the really nutritious foods in there as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, balance. Yeah, absolutely. So he's just sort of saying, you know, if you've got things like <laughs> rickets or whatever, you know, like bone yeah, issues, yeah. you might want to drop the grains other than some white rice. And he actually advocates fermented sourdough bread because of the way that it's uh, prepared. It's a great platform for a load of butter and cheese. Beautiful. <laughs> so bits of the Sounds book... like a perfect Sunday morning. That. Well, I was going to say, bits of the book make me think, oh, that's amazing, because that makes you think, oh, I'd love a bit of that. That's a delicious food to have. You know, it's exciting but, to think that you can have some dairy and some, yeah, and some bread. Of course and it is. That, but but, yeah. but it's, it's trial and error, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And I think, you know, we even said, like, we found this bakery, didn't we? And we were like, you know, how nice would it be as like a maybe a weekly or fortnightly treat to get up and out on a nice walk with Hamish, go and pick up a nice loaf of freshly baked sourdough, bread. sourdough bread and then go home and have some eggs bacon on on toast, you know, with a nice sliver of butter on that on that toast, you know, that, that, and that would be a, a beautiful little treat. And if we feel okay on it, then then why not? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think we're at a point now where our body lets us know quite quickly if some if it's not happy about something. Yeah. You know, and and I said, I mean, it's, it's like you don't want to I don't want to scare anybody off. You yeah. know, oh, my God, I'm not supposed to be eating these foods anymore. It's like you said, if, if you go to the dentist and your teeth are fine and they're straight, they don't move or any, you know. And, and the other thing to probably mention here is there's there's a lot of other stuff that can be going on, because if, if tooth decay is driven hormonally, then stress is going to have an impact on that. Yeah. Even things like the menopause, because we're going to talk about it in a second, they're going to be hormonal changes that take place. The last thing I was going to say was he also talks about how lack of these vitamins can cause the mm. skull to sort of mm. narrow, yeah. and that's what causes the teeth to become crooked. Crooked, so and, pushed in. Yeah, and really we should all keep our wisdom teeth. We should have room for all of these because we should have nice wide skulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and the, the last point I was going to mention was um, rather than sort of seek out an orthodontist who is just going to look at basically almost forcing the teeth straight, um, you know, with, with a brace, essentially, which is what most people would opt for. They might move again and that might be that might cause quite a lot of inflammation and stress. What you would be better um, doing is actually um, I've got to find out what they're called now, because all of this stems from um, actually looking at your posture and even how you um, hold your head can be quite important in the almost like how the jaw is formed and how the um how much space there is if that makes any sense yeah, yeah. so um because he talks about grinding your teeth at night and that's that's also driven by stress but a number of other things and he suggests that you um if you can just bear with me a second i've got to find out what they're called seek out a functional um instead of looking at an orthodontist and they will look at you as a as a whole and start to say how could we actually widen your jaw so that there's room for all your teeth and you don't have to have your wisdom teeth out and you don't have to have any of these contraptions yeah. in your mouth? And I did have a quick look, and there are some in London, so you can have a look. Functional orthopedics, and I think there's a name for... There's a jaw alignment contraption that they can give you now, which basically helps to widen your mouth. So, <laughs> no. That sounds pretty gruesome. That sounds uh, like something you'd see in Saw. Yeah, no. You know, the film. Yeah. Uh, but the last thing I just emphasise is the vitamin D and K2 we've mentioned before on here is really important. There are, there are, they are vitamin D is hard to get from food. There'd be some in your cod liver oil. Yeah. Uh, but you might be best to supplement and get loads of sunshine. We, well, we, well, to be fair, we try and expose our skin to natural daylight as often as we can. Don't yeah. we? Sometimes I might just hang out the window for five minutes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a cup of coffee. Um, but we, we normally start the day with a, a better you spray, don't we? Yeah. You know, we have it at the beginning of the day because essentially that's when you're up and, you know, your, your body, can't, your cortisol levels are up. You know, it's when you're starting Best to expose to yourself it. to daylight. So have it at the beginning of the day. And, and then there are some now with added K2. So what K2 does is, is just ensure that um, calcium is shifted into the teeth and into the bones rather than being stored in soft tissues, which is how you get calcification yeah. of arteries. So, uh, yeah, so we take K2 just on, on its own as a supplement mk7 but you can have a look um someone else who writes a lot about this is beverly mayer yeah. who has um diet for human beings it's a funny little story but she told me off on a podcast that we actually went on her podcast and she told me off for saying the word fart yeah she wasn't amused <laughs> she was proper head teacherish about it wasn't yeah. she? i do not like that term you will not use that term we will say break wind on my podcast <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one last thing I always say one last thing is so what I did start to experiment with I've got a nature's answer perio wash which is an alcohol free um, mouthwash which has just got things like CoQ10 and loads of antibacterial herbs in mm-hmm. if you want to have like they, they do a perio rub which you could rub around the gums to help mm-hmm. with anything like inflammation and, and, and gum disease coconut oil is wonderful for that so yeah. we tend to swish coconut oil in our mouths in the morning and or at just night rub it around your gums and rub and it around the gums instead um, we've mentioned a natural toothpaste. There is something now called a, a water flosser, which I purchased and tried and have to say, um, I, didn't, didn't have, I just didn't have much luck with it. Like apart from spraying myself in the face and spraying the whole of the bathroom, I didn't think it felt powerful enough, but I might revisit another brand. I'm going to send this one back and try use another the, brand. Uh, use the jet wash I got in the garden. <laughs> 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 Imagine it coming, I'm like missing a tooth. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> So, yeah, um, and 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 with the fluoride thing, the book covers it. It is a bit of a myth. There is, there's no, there's nothing that fluoride's going to do to help. It's a massive. Um, it has a massive impact on thyroid hormone health. Isn't this amazing? Because yet again, we're talking about tooth health yeah. here, and again, it all boils down to the same thing, doesn't it? You know, kind of balancing insulin. Yeah. You know, eating a well balanced diet, yeah. rich in a v- variety of nutrients, not yeah, just the definitely. same old, same old. And, that's the beauty of nutrition you know it just it covers all basis and to be fair i mean this is all new to me you know thank you keris yeah but if if you think about it you've because i've been to the western aid price conference we've we've adopted some of the principles anyway yeah but but even so i still wouldn't have made the connection between the things that you've mentioned i just would have assumed oh you know poor dental health is because people are lazy brushing their teeth they don't floss and they eat too much sugar yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and and that that that's as far as it would have gone for me. So this is all this is all new stuff, and I'm sure it's new to to a lot of people. I'm sure there'll also be twenty uh, <clears> three <throat> and me who've come over doing the genetic tests. Yeah, will also probably show up that there are I would imagine gene mutations that mean that you you need extra you have extra need extra vitamin D. We've we've got that when we had ours tested. Yeah. You may need extra calcium. 
um, because your, your bone health isn't what it should be as well. So there'll be snips, I'm sure, in genes that mean that you have to focus on this. But what we tend to do is, um, and again, we've been guiding our members through this, is when you do your weekly meal planner, just just stick in those those foods. So if you know you're going to whip up some pate, liver pate at the weekend, you're going to make a soup at some point, you're going to have bones in that. Yeah. It's, it is easy. You don't have to overwhelm yourself. Yeah. Um, and you could take the fermented cod liver oil or the skate liver oil as a as a as a backup. Plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's just we take those now and it's easier. And I have noticed, um, occasionally I used to get like a sensitive teeth, like a sensation where when you actually brush your teeth, it feels painful. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, my brother gets the same thing. So I definitely think there's something hereditary in our family. And his dentist told him that what was happening is you can get like um. I think it was something like an infection in the gum, which is making the gum recede um, and exposing the nerve. That's what that awful feeling is. You know, when you brush, you, yeah, you have yeah, that yeah. when you brush your teeth and feel like you've brushed a, mm-hmm. a nerve. Oh, yes. I, sometimes. Yeah. But I normally used to make that connection when, bizarrely, I used to feel it more yeah. if I'd, uh, dare I say it, had a binge yeah, and, yeah. and had like a load of ice cream or something. Yeah. And I'd always and I'd always make the connection there. And I don't know if that was more psychological because touch wood, I haven't had a problem for a long, long time now. No. But I used to say to you, didn't I, it was normally the that night or the next day after having some ice cream, I'd be like, oh, God, I feel like I'm catching a nerve yeah. when I brush my teeth. Yeah, so I think, um, to me, it just, I just, and I thought, it just reminded me if I do want to start having grains in my diet, I've just got to prepare them properly, and I'm pretty lazy, so I'm probably going to stick with potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> just easy for now, that'll be my carbs. But yeah, and then we also did say we would cover um, the menopause. Which isn't going to happen. Okay, I knew you were going to say that. It'll be we, next episode then. That, we, we can cover cover that next time. Or Sorry maybe, to the women who um, were looking forward to that. Or maybe, <laughs> what are the men? I'm sure there's some men that were dying to hear about the menopause. Andropause. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they might have been. That'll probably be in a few episodes because we've actually got some some pretty awesome guests lined up for the next couple of episodes, guys. So be sure to check those out. Thank you, Keris. That was amazing. Amazing little insight into a world that, you know, that I didn't know know too much about. Well... I don't know too much about anything, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> I think you should update everyone on Facebook about your homemade toothpaste. Yeah, I'll, I'll get on that for sure. Um, I'll do that after I've got that from the, the bakers. But guys, another quick announcement just before we wrap up. Um, we are just adding the finishing touches to the logistics of a Fitter Food UK retreat, as well as uh, another Academy date. Um, which we're, we're absolutely buzzing about. It's going to be our first retreat, and we've we found a fantastic venue. We've got a few awesome locations lined up. It's going to be uh, a long weekend initially. The UK-based ones um, again, you know, an, an educational approach. So there'll be tons of learning through little mini workshops and seminars, and there's going to be a good old bit of training as well. But rather than just kind of kicking your ass, you know, there'll be a big learning aspect there and kind of nailing your technique and things that you can really kind of take home and, and implement. So there will also be a, <clears throat> a little, little seminar on making your own toothpaste now oh, yeah, by Matt yeah. Whitmore. It'll be a bread making seminar. <laughs> can you imagine? Bread making with Matt. I want to do chocolate making. That's what I was going to teach. Yeah, that's a good little touch, though. I know. People love that. And uh, and there'll obviously, of course, be tons of fitter food, guys. Uh, but more details on that coming soon on our brand new website. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in there. Um, as always, please, please, please share the share the podcast leave a review if you haven't done so subscribe because it helps us massively in fact i messaged some pretty high profile people last week about coming on our podcast i'm not going to say names yet because i don't want to jinx it they came back to me which is a start however they wanted to know how many subscribers and listeners that we had because obviously they wanted to make sure it was worth their while and didn't want to, you know, spend time going on a podcast that didn't have a very big audience. So, of course, the more people that subscribe, the more people that listen and download and leave amazing reviews, bigger chance we've got of getting these awesome guests on the show. And they are awesome. So it's in everyone's interest to do this, guys. And I'm not just saying that. So have a wicked day. I haven't said the word wicked in a long while. I don't know what was wrong with that. Maybe I'm feeling wicked. Wicked. Um, and guys, keep up the awesome work. Keep living life. Life to its absolute fullest and we will see you over in episode number 46 later good afternoon good evening good night whatever see you later <laughs> <laughs> bye